remain risen and receive this word from the gospel according to Luke, the fifth chapter, beginning in the first verse. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Jesenaret, and the crowd was pressing on, in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he asked Simon, put out into the deep water and wet down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so much so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of the fish that they had taken, and so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. Receive what the Spirit is saying. And now let us all pray together. God of grace, God of glory, on all of us, we pray that you would pour your power, your mercy, and your love. And I pray that you, right now, would help me to preach a word that honors you and that is true to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Evangelism is a good word with a bad reputation. I love that line from a Disciples Path companion reader. The book goes on to say this, the term evangelism has been so abused by slick preachers and manipulative politicians that people inside the church are afraid to speak it and people outside the church run for cover the moment they hear it. Isn't that true? The word evangelical carries so much baggage in our country that it's difficult to remember that the word evangelism comes from the root word meaning good news. To be evangelical is in its unsullied form, simply to be one who shares good news. 
Because of evangelism's well-earned bad reputation, some may be fine when they come into the United Methodist Covenant to say we will uh, faithfully participate in the ministry of the church by our prayers, presence, gifts, and service, and then there might be a slight pause or an eye raise or wondering about that last one, witness. What does that mean? However, I think most of us around Foundry have come to understand that really this piece, this witness piece of our discipleship is about walking the talk. That is proclaiming our beliefs and our values through our actions. This is a core part of Christian witness. It's summed up in that very well-known quote attributed to St. Francis, which says, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. We walk the talk both as individuals and as community. What we do and how we are as a community says a lot to other people. The way we organize, the way we share our common life, the way we set priorities and engage with the world, all of those things are a critical part of our communal witness. What theologian Douglas John Hall calls ecclesial body language. And then in conversation this past week with a, my friend and mentor, the Reverend Jesse Jackson, he, in conversation about our gospel text for today, mentioned to me, emphasized to me, the individual responsibility of witness. He reminded me that God didn't send to us, to the world, a document or an email. God sent a person. And as disciples, we are called not just to admire Jesus, not just to worship Jesus, but to follow Jesus. And in our gospel today, Jesus didn't send all those people who were anxious, who pressed in to receive the word of God. Jesus didn't just send the good news of God in a press release or in an article about the good work of his last congregation. Jesus showed up in person among the people. A key piece, you see, of witness is showing up where people need to receive some good news. Jesus shows up and asked a certain person, Simon Peter, to take him out a little way in his boat, and from there, as we've heard, he shared with the crowds. And when he'd finished speaking, Jesus got Simon further involved simply by asking him to do what he already knew how to do. Let your nets down for a catch. Simon had no reason to believe that there would be any fish. He had no reason to believe there was any point to casting his net. But he humored Jesus, let's be honest, he humored Jesus and let down the nets. Then the unexpected happened, 
and the nets were filled to overflowing, and Simon is moved to confess his sinfulness. And I find this part curious. Why was that Simon Peter's response? It makes me think of so many people I've encountered who don't believe they are worthy of notice, who don't believe they are worthy of good fortune, who don't believe they are worthy of others' confidence, of others recognizing what it is that they've done, not worthy of others' love or admiration or encouragement. I can hear Simon Peter thinking, I don't deserve this bounty. I haven't earned this. I'm not worthy, Jesus, of your praise or attention for this work. Might that have some part in what is happening here? It made me think of a heartbreaking lyric from an old Sting song about a transgender sex worker. The lyric is this. And no, it's just not in my plan for someone to care who I am. It's just not in my plan for someone to care who I am. And I imagine that there are so many people in so many different contexts who sing that song. Simon had no reason to believe Jesus would care who he was. No reason to believe that he would be invited to put on Rabbi Jesus's yoke and follow him as a disciple. Because you see, the way things worked back then was that if Simon had what it took, if he had had the skill and the gifts to be able to follow a rabbi, then he would have, by this point in his life, already been in postgraduate follow a rabbi school and would not have taken up the family business of fishing. According to the ways of the world, Simon Peter didn't have what it took. He had little power and limited options. But Jesus showed up and, first of all, recognized that that Simon Peter had a resource that was important, that he needed to do his work. He had a boat. And then he honored Simon's skill. He honored and encouraged Simon's fishing skill. And then Jesus called Simon Peter to simply apply that skill in a new direction, to fish for people. Jesus said, in essence, you have gifts that can be used for the work of the kingdom. You are worthy of this call. You are important to God and loved by God. You are called to to follow and to live the life that I live. Jesus, through, you see, This unlikely fisher, a lifeline, 
an invitation to step more fully into his giftedness and purpose and place in God's family. This is the piece of our own work of witness that we may sometimes miss. It's that invitation. We are called not only to share God's liberating love with others through our presence and our action, but also when it makes sense and when there's an opening and opportunity to invite others to explore and to experience God's love for themselves. In Cheryl's experience, it was five words from someone she didn't even know. You and I, like Simon Peter, are called to follow Jesus and to fish for people. Now, let's be clear. This does not mean that we are to manipulate or to trap or to hook people. It means we're trying to follow Jesus, and that's not what Jesus did. Jesus showed up and honored Simon Peter in every way. We're simply called, like Jesus, to cast people who need one a lifeline. Sometimes that will mean showing up in solidarity in places of struggle and need to bring the good news that someone cares and is willing to, to do something to help and to amplify the voices and the leaders in that community. And other times it might mean inviting someone to come to our church next Sunday. We're not asked to be someone that we're not. We're not asked to be inauthentic. We're not asked to insert some awkward testimony where it doesn't belong. We're not asked to force anything or try to change anyone's mind. We're simply called to remember that there are so many who don't have it in their plan for someone to care who they are. That there are so many who feel empty and hopeless, that so many people are searching for meaning and for purpose and for belonging and for hope and for friendship and for love. Even, you know, even some people who look on the outside like they have everything may be empty on the inside, hungry and thirsty for those good gifts of God. Many of us find in our faith and faith community those life-giving gifts. We have good news to share. And you never know how a simple invitation might change everything for someone. Our assumption that people aren't interested or that they'll be hostile could keep us from being agents of God's provenient grace in another person's life. If we not only admire Jesus, but truly follow Jesus, our witness will be both life-changing and world-changing. We know that Simon Peter's life was changed forever, but it wasn't just about him. He became part of a community of friends and disciples who tried to follow and teach and serve in the way of Jesus. That work was imperfect, but it was spirit and grace 
fueled. And as the story goes, the public witness of the first Christian communities provided a powerful vision and invitation into a new way of living together that was grounded in love and mercy and justice and the generosity of God. Their communal body language was a beacon of hope, and it changed the world. It's why we're here today. (laughs) We may choose to avoid the word evangelical because it's so twisted in our time. But in our words and our actions, both as individuals and as community, we are called to follow Jesus, to fish for people, to cast a lifeline, putting the net of our hearts and lives down deep into all the hopeless, cynical, wounded, weary places where people have no reason to believe that emptiness can be filled, that meaning can be found, that they can be loved, or that things can be better. And as we respond to the call and let our lives down deep into the world, into its humanity, into its need, into its hunger and its thirst, casting our lifeline, we will experience and share the bounty of God's grace that always emerges in spirit's wake. And isn't that good news? Thanks be to God.